any practice that's going to lead to goodness and healing and well-being is a great practice, right? It's a great practice. And this practice, this feels, this is a practice that feels so true to me because I feel like when I stop, you know, I feel like it's, a, it, I feel like it's what Shabbat teaches, right? Once a week, if we orient ourselves to Shabbat and really stopping once a week, right? Then it, it what it does is for me is the realization how important it is to pause as I am trying to do my life in the best possible way, you know, and that in the pausing and in the quiet, what I have discovered, really what I've discovered is something that probably my, my soul knows, like my soul knows is the interconnection of all life. Check one, two, one, two. Is this thing working? You're listening to Rabbi Ariel Schollklapper, the wisdom and tools you need to thrive. Hi, everybody. Rav Ariel here again. Today, we're going to learn again with another teacher, another fabulous Jewish mindfulness teacher, Rabbi Yael Levy. Um, she has an amazing organization that you'll be able to connect with in the links down below and learn more about her and uh, go on a retreat with her or whatever. Join her community if you'd like. But for now, um, this is, if you didn't know what this project is, I'll just let you know it's my project of interviewing Jewish mindfulness teachers and mindfulness teachers from all over the world who have dedicated their lives to this practice and to teaching it and hearing about their stories, but also leaving you with an opportunity to practice with them in a small, short setting, maybe 10 minutes or so. And hopefully giving you a skill that you can then use in your day-to-day -day practice. So before I turn over the microphone to Rabbi Yael, I want to just start with a prayer for our time that, that the world be better on account of the practice that we're doing and starting from the inside of ourselves and to the surroundings in which we are in our small families and our units and into our organizations that we work with and our communities and into the globe, into the world, and hopefully out into the universe. And that there be more peace and calm and love as a result of our time together. And if that's something that resonates with you, you can say amen. Amen. Oh man, can you hear that song? Maybe so. So now we'll, I will get to hear from and learn from Rabbi Alivi, who I've heard about for so many years, so many years I've been hearing your name. And finally, I get to meet you through this medium. So I'm grateful that we're doing this and I'm grateful to be learning from you and, uh, and lucky to be doing this. So thank you. Thanks, Rav Ariel. Thanks for, um, I feel honored to be here. Thank you. And so, you know, there's so many places to go and so many things to possibly say, but I'm going to start here with, you know, something that's at the core of Jewish tradition, right? One of the, the core of Jewish tradition, one of the core prayers of Jewish tradition is Shema, to listen, to pay attention, right? And it's the first prayer that a child is supposed to learn, you know, as they come into the world. It's a prayer that we say few times a day. And if we have the, the grace to be, you know, awake and aware before we leave this world, it's the last prayer that's to leave from our lips. 
And it's a sense, you know, for me that there's, there's a, there's an essentialness, this essential nature of this prayer. And the prayer of Shema is, listen, listen, pay attention. Shema Yisrael, listen, pay attention. All those who wrestle with life, all those who are trying to figure this whole life out. yud Hey vav Hey, the mysterious unfolding of all, the mysterious unfolding of all is ultimate, right? The mysterious unfolding of all is ultimate. And yud Hey vav Hey, the mysterious unfolding of all is echad, is one. So listen, 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 as you struggle and as you wrestle and as you try to figure this out, this craziness of life, that the unfolding, the mysterious, the mysterious unfolding of this all, there's a oneness to it. There's a oneness to it. And listen, listen, pay attention to touch into that oneness. Right, so this is like the core prayer. This is like one of the core prayers of Judaism. And then what's so magnificent about this is that in the in the Torah and the book of Deuteronomy, where we find this prayer, the next word after chad, like after you listen, after you listen and touch into the oneness, the next word is via hafta, and you will love. Right, listen and pay attention. Why? Why just it was Rav Ariel's prayer. Listen, pay attention, so you will be able to love with all your heart with all your soul and with all your being. Listen, pay attention and stop. Go to stillness, go to silence for a breath, for two breaths, for three breaths, because this will help us love. And this will help us live in our homes when we go on the way and when we lie down, when we get up, this will help us love. And so we practice, we practice listening, we practice mindfulness, we practice bringing ourselves present not just for our own sake, we do it for our own sake because it, it helps in the, in, with everything that life asks of us. And we do it for the sake of each other. We really do it for the sake of each other. And you know, sometimes we feel like, well, I gotta do something, I gotta make something happen, I gotta do something, this is so urgent, oh my God, which it is, it is urgent, it is urgent. And the tradition is so wise, so wise in telling us, yes, it is urgent and sitting and being and calling ourselves present is doing something. It is doing something. It's, it's tapping in, it's, it's grounding, it's connecting, and it helps us with discernment of how to live and how to be, and how to live and how to be. In the tradition it says, right, Shema, and in Kohelet, the book of Kohelet Ecclesiastes, it's time for speaking and a time for silence. In Psalms it says, to you God, silence is praise. Taking some time for silence, taking some time for quiet is active. It is active and it's a way to be in touch, I feel for me, with the sacred, with the mystery. And it's a way to help me be more present and more effective in life, right? In life, you know, we all want to do good. We all want to bring healing. We all want to like add to the well-being of the world. And practice is a way to help us do it, really. There's so many practices, right? There's so many practices. You could do yoga, you could bike ride, you could exercise, I swim, I go in the woods. There's so many practices. And the practice of drawing, of listening. Oh, I gotta do something. But the practice of listening and calling ourselves present and allowing ourselves just some moments of presence is such an incredible gift. What's so cool is that the neuroscience say, 12 seconds, it takes 12 seconds to change the brain. 12 seconds, who doesn't have 12 seconds? 12 seconds of breath. 12 seconds of like 
looking at a tree, 12 seconds of grounding into the moment changes our brain. It changes our brain. It helps us be more loving. It helps us be more loving and it helps us be more healing. And it's not easy. It's not an easy thing. You know, as you know, I, Rob, Ariel, and I, you know, we've been sitting for quite a while. And it's not like, you know, all of a sudden we sit and it's so quiet. We sit and we notice, wow, the mind is going here and it's going there. And it's like turning all over the place. That's okay. Good to notice. Good to notice. Right? We're not going to make the mind silent. But the, you know, the idea is to take a breath and allow ourselves to just land in the moment. Hineni, here I am right now in this moment. In this place. So I want to invite you to take a breath and feel the breath. Feel what it feels like to receive a breath. Feel what it feels like in the body to release the breath. And let the breath call us to attention. Let the breath call us to this moment. Hineni, here I am right now in this moment. And this is all that's asked of me in this moment is to be present to this moment. Hineni, here I am present to this moment. And as we sit, you know, as we sit, which we'll do in a moment, like, you know, we can, we'll say, Hineni, here I am. And then a second later, the mind will go someplace else. Good to notice. Good to notice. Good to notice. Say, okay, the mind went someplace else, and I'm going to bring myself back. I'm going to bring myself back. I'm going to bring myself back to this moment. So why don't we just, why don't we do that for a moment? I'm going to set the intention to listen. Set the intention to call ourselves present, bringing ourselves to an awake and upright posture. And let the attention rest gently on the breath. Noticing the sensations of the body as the breath is received. And noticing the sensations of the body as the breath is released. With each breath, Hineni, here I am. With each breath, here I am. Here I am in this moment. And each time we notice the attention has wandered, okay, good to notice. We notice and then we bring ourselves back to the breath. And Hineni, here I am. So let's sit for a few minutes. Attention gently on the breath. Hineni, here I am. And each time we notice the attention has wandered, we bring ourselves back to the sensation of the breath and the awareness that Hineni, here I am right now. And let's sit together.
Hineni, here I am. May our Shema, may our listening practice encourage and guide us in responding to ourselves, to each other, and to all the world with loving open hearts. May it be for blessing and for healing. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that. That was lovely. That was a lovely way to begin our time and a skill that you can use on a daily basis, on a twice daily basis. And it, like Rabbi Yael said, it doesn't take that long to do 12 seconds, you know, just pause real quick and you'll add from there 12 seconds to a minute to two minutes. And then, you know, you'll feel, start feeling comfortable over time to sit longer and longer. It'll feel welcome to you, desired to you, if you keep it up. Um, I know a lot of people have an issue with like sitting for a long time or they're, they're worried that they're not going to be able to, but 12 seconds, anybody can do that, I think. So I'm curious to hear, I think others are probably want to hear it too. So how did you get started in all of this or where, how, what, where did the mindfulness come from? Where did the Jewish mindfulness come from? How did we get to here? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been a long time. So it's like trying to, you know, trace trace those places back. You know, I, I came from a very um I had a very traditional prayer practice for a long time, you know, very traditional prayer practice. I diamond out of the art scroll Sidor, which is in, you know, traditional art, you know, orthodox Sidor. That's how I was taught, and that's how I davened for you know good many years it was a good many years and you know this is really like a sacred story of mine but i was um you know i was a rabbi a rabbi in a congregation and it was it was the morning of shavuot and we had been up all night and i was you know leading people you know guiding people in the prayer service in the morning and i was sending folks off to do an amidah and you know i gave a little kavanah and you know to go off and to be present and you know have an, have an experience with your Amidah. And I went to get my art scroll Sador so I could dive in my, you know, my traditional Amidah for Shavuot morning. And, you know, I was just kind of, you know, I didn't have that much time because I was leading and I was searching like really like, you know, for the page and like, oh, I gotta get the page. And I swear, man, I just heard this like, yeah, all I want is your heart. I was like, oh, no, I, gotta get the, I gotta get the page. I gotta get the page. I gotta get the word. It's like, no, oh, yeah, all I want is your heart. And wow. I was like, and like really like put the book down. I was like, put the book down and put the book down. But I did, man, I put the book down. I put the book down and I just, uh, you know, stood wow. so that was the beginning. That was like, that was like, that was the beginning. Wow. That's okay. <laughs> I know that was really, that was, that was the beginning. It was just, it was, I just, I can, you know, I mean, it was, it was over 20 years ago, probably 25 years ago now. Um, I can just see it so clearly. And um, after that, after that, I started, I don't know, I just really started working with Psalms and I started using Psalm verses to meditate with and, or just to daven with, right? I would just, you know, use Psalm verses rather than all the liturgy, and then it was the beginning um, at Elat Chaim, and Rabbi Jeff Roth and Sylvia Borstein and Rabbi Sheila Weinberg started bringing Jewish. You know, they were the 
they were the pioneers to bring Jewish mindfulness to uh, to us. And I was in the second cohort of their, you know, there was the first, they did the first cohort the first two years and the rabbi I was working with came home from and he says, you have to go. I don't, you don't even need to ask me about it. I, I'm not even going to tell you about it. You just have to go do this. And so I did. And so I studied with those guys, you know, for, you know, that was the first time. And then for over lots of years with uh, Rabbi Sheila Weinberg and Rabbi Jeff Roth, Jeff Roth and Sylvia Borstein that were, you know, my teachers. Wow. So what do you think it was about the prayer book or what it, what was it that needed to get dropped? Like, what, what do you think there's symbolically what's going on there? I mean, I'll say for my own, I feel similarly, I, I, I didn't grow up that way, but I definitely practiced in an art scroll, very technical, all the words kind of way for many years. And also I felt like at a certain point, like Rahmana like God wants my heart actually. Like uh, it's, not, it's not about all of those technical words necessarily. Not that there's anything mis wrong with that, but it's like almost like there's there's something about it that's like not gonna get there almost. And I was I'm curious what your sense of that was at that time or what sense you make of it. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm resonating with what you're, I'm resonating with everything that you're saying, right? There's such beauty in the liturgy and it's so powerful. And I, you know, it's, it's such a beautiful foundation. And at some point, I think it became a barrier, you know, in my practice, not in everybody's practice, but in my practice, right? And it's not, you know, everybody's got to figure out their own practice, but in my practice, it became a barrier where you know, my kind of my attachment to the words. It was, I was attached to the words. I had to get the article. I was attached to the words rather than the, it was getting in the way of the experience. It was getting in the way of the relationship. It was, it was busying my mind instead of clearing it or opening it. And, and I think also, I think in my own life, and I'm sure you know this too, is like, you know, you experience this too. There's different seasons for different practices. Like my practices have changed. I mean, I dove in that way for almost 10 years. And then it was, it was, you know, it was just like my being and who I was becoming and what my spiritual path was about all a part of a mystery needed some other expression you know, needed some other expression. And I think that there's a sense of, you know, I, I joke about myself, I said, I'm so glad, I'm such an attached person. I'm so glad I practice mindfulness because I would never let go of anything, you know? <laughs> but, you know, I think different seasons call for, or different seasons of our lives, different seasons of our lives require different practices. And so that, you know, looking back, that's that's really what I see. like. It, it was a it's a beautiful foundation that I feel like I stand on and I'm so grateful that I gave it that time and that attention and then it was time for it to blossom into something new. I think a lot of people are going to be are going to feel a sense of relief that you that you shared that story because okay for the people who are practicing in that way with all the words and starting to feel like, or have felt for a long time, like it's just not doing the thing that they wish it would, they'll be relieved to know, okay, there's another way, there's another way of expression. But I think the far majority of the people who 
exist in the world don't know those words yet and so and if they don't even know hebrew or if they do it's very just basic minimal and if they can sound stuff out it's going to take a long time to get those words integrated and to say okay well you know what there's another way into this process that you know not, there's another way to do this and it doesn't actually require that you learn all of the words and it reminds me of the the hasidic story of the person who's in the back of the synagogue who's got the book upside down and they're just, they don't know how to read it. And they're just saying like, A, B, A, B, C, A, B, C, A, B, C. And, the, and you know, God comes down and says, oh, it's because of that person's prayer that I'm, that I, I'm accepting everyone's prayer here in this place. Like, it's as if don't need all of the words to be all exactly right. You, what you need is to have your heart connected to the process and that's going to lift it up. It's almost, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, we get, we, you know, that, you know, Judaism can feel like a real, that is a skills based tradition that if you don't have the skills, you know, you have no place here. And that's, you know, that's just, it's such a, well, it's such a, terrible thing to you know feel and put out you know it's like you know there's this welcome mat for everybody there's a welcome mat for everybody and we don't have to have skills in order to engage in it and sometimes we i feel like we put you know the jewish you know it seems that way yeah and, and i i think that you know i think you know and I, you know i live in philadelphia and our synagogue we were very, we didn't have our own home for a long time. And we did a lot of our B'nai Mitzvah in Quaker meeting, Quaker meeting halls, you know, Quaker okay. meeting. And I think we learned a lot. I think even just by being there, you know, to be in the silence and how the silence speaks and how the silence is revealing and how the silence, you know, just opens a way that words don't. Words open a way, in, you know, in a particular way and silence opens a way in a particular way. And we say Shema, listen and then we rather you know so it's like shma hmm. let's listen <laughs> i'm thinking about this time i was in uh the loudest shma recital i've ever had was in a in a hasidic uh synagogue space that takes place it's like the prayer service goes on right before rav asher weiss um gives a, a weekly lecture and I've never heard this, the, it's so loud and so cacophonous and everybody's on their own pace and everybody's doing it out loud actually. And it's like, I've never, I mean, I've never been so disoriented in terms of Shema. In many spaces, it's a little quieter, but you're kind of trying to get all the, through the words, but it's such a relief to be able to say, like in the practice that we just did, let's talk about what it means here let's use this as a rubric for how to pay attention and let's be quiet and let's see what's going on on this in this existence that we have yeah. i love that and I'm, I'm curious what do you feel like that has added to because i think the way that your organization works your uh it's it's a synagogue that's connected with your mindfulness program or something it's a mindfulness program uh, you know in and of itself you know it's a mindfulness organization in and of itself i'm connected to the synagogue but the you know it's yeah so it's, tell me about that what's the how does that work well 
um, you know, I've been at the synagogue in my 28th year, but I'm ending my time at the synagogue now. It's, you know, it's been a beautiful 28 years, but it's time for me to say goodbye, which is, you know, beautiful and wonderful and, you know, sad at the same time, but true yeah. and lovely. And, you know, during my time at the synagogue, I, um, I developed this, I've always worked part-time there, and I developed this away in Jewish Mindful Organization as, as something, you know, that, that's a separate organization. It's a separate organization, and um, and it's connected to the synagogue through through me. But it's its own organization, and because you're it. there and you're who you are, right? When you right. walk in the door, you yeah. are who you are. So yeah, exactly. exactly, yeah, yeah. And it grew, you know, when it grew, supported by you know people in the synagogue who that this was you know really a true path for them. You know, it's not a true path. You know, it's not the path for everybody, but there are people. Who really that this is a you know very resonant path for yeah so why do you what do you feel i mean i guess we already kind of answered this but i mean more directly why is this so important to you as a as a practice and as an offering you know i guess it just feels it feels you know and again like you know, I want to say like, there's, there's so many different practices that are important and vital and, you know, that they're all, you know, any practice that's going to lead to goodness and healing and well-being is a great practice, right? It's a great practice. And this practice, this feels, this is a practice that feels so true to me because I feel like when I stop, you know, I feel like it's, just, it, I feel like it's what Shabbat teaches, right? Once a week, if we orient ourselves to Shabbat and really stopping once a week, right, then it, it what it does is for me is the realization how important it is to pause as I am trying to do my life in the best possible way, you know, and that in the pausing and in the quiet, what I have discovered, really what I've discovered is something that probably my, my soul knows, like my soul knows is the interconnection of all life. And my soul knows that I'm, you know, that I'm breathing with the trees and I'm breathing with all beings, that it's one breath that flows through everything, you know, but I, it's this kind of stopping and pausing that helps me realize that and helps me realize like in the most essential, deepest way that we are here with all beings, all beings, whoever have been and wherever will be all life and that we are here to mend and here to heal and for me this is this practice is a way from to really to help me ground me in that knowing and then i'm willing to like have the discernment of what is mine to do in this you know in the mending so is that that's the what is that the moment like the the driver for you teaching this is that why you're you're because I think there's a difference between having a practice personally and making a decision to tr try to show others how to do that same thing. Yeah. So I'm curious right, what right. that motivator is. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's really, really right on, right on. And I think that for me, like, I feel like, after, you know, that I, I did this practice for quite a while before I started teaching. You know, I, I did it. I, I studied with those guys. I did years of study with those guys, you know, and then it just became so like who I was that I, it's like I couldn't do anything else. 
you know, I, I just, I couldn't do anything else. It was, this is just like, what's true for me. And I, you know, I think that my time where my synagogue, Mishkan Shalom, has been so amazing is that I was able to grow and change in the way I made my offerings there, you know, that, you know, I'd stop leading those, you know, I stopped using the Siddur for a lot of my services, you know, I wouldn't really use the Siddur. I put a little chant sheet together. Um, wow. What was that like? <laughs> the rebellion. Not, not everybody loved it. The people who didn't love it would go to a different service, but the people who loved it, loved it because, you know, it's like, I don't know Hebrew. I can't really say those prayers and it's less words. And it just ended up, you know, creating a real expansive experience. What's your, do you have a, a vision or what's your hope for kind of like a, a, a legacy of like what, what this kind of like this ex version of Jewish expression will leave for a future generation? Is there a sense for you of what that is? I mean, what the prayer is, it's kind of, you know, it's what the prayer you started with, really. It's really the prayer that you started with, you know, that, look, I mean, really, all I care about, really, like, is, like, the healing and mending of the world, right? I mean, you know, to the healing of the earth and, you know, caring for each other and caring for all beings. I mean, it's why, it's why I do it, because it feels like that's my contribution, you know, because it feels like this is what helps me show up to life you know this is really what helps me show up to life in a way that feels you know i can you know i can be my best you know it, it helps me do that i'm not always my best of course so i'm sure you've also seen that that has impacted the people you work with in in I some do, way I, too it's I a privilege that, of this work right yeah, and I, I think that, you know, all of us want to feel connected. All of us want to feel like a part of something. And, you know, we want to do good. We want we really, we want to do good. So I, I feel like I hope the legacy for all our practices, like for all the practices that we devote ourselves to, it's a legacy of healing, really a legacy of healing and a legacy of like really realizing like, you know, we are, you know, we are part of the natural world. We're not separate from the natural. We're part of the natural world and we are, you know, we're in relationship with the trees and the birds and the waters and the skies and all beings and that, you know, that we're here not to dominate or take control or like, we're here to be in relationship and we're here to do whatever it is ours to do to, to, to create harmony. Yeah. To enhance, to add, to yeah. sweet, to sweeten or, you know, to make, make it better, right. To add to. Absolutely. 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 Yeah, I love just, that. This is one of the ways, you know, I think that there's there's also such a sense of urgency, which I, of course, we all feel. And the urgency deserves discernment. It deserves discernment. It deserves like, it deserves discernment. It deserves to like our actions are going to be more effective when they rise from a groundedness, from a sense of connection, from a sense of awareness. Wow. For effective action. I love that. That's such a, that's such a profound wisdom. And I, I think it's reflected in project management and they've had these fun tests where they have groups try to do a project and they see, you know, they don't, they give no direction to some groups and they give, they tell the, the one group, they say, just spend five minutes up front trying to figure out what you're going to do before you do it. <laughs> yeah. You know? 
And it turns out that the people who spend five minutes up front being really thoughtful and intentional end up far exceeding the, the capability of the others who don't spend that kind of pause and reflect and consider and discern time. Yeah. Because yeah. otherwise we're just, you know, we can, we're human beings, we need to think about it a little, for a second. We need to pause and reflect. The most times it's better when we pause and reflect. Of course, there's reactions and sometimes you just got to do things quickly, but sure. hopefully it comes out of a place of, of um, some wholesomeness. But I appreciate you teaching us and showing us and sharing with us your path. And it sounds like, uh, I, I mean, I just interviewed uh, Sheila yesterday or the, whatever day it was. And eventually that'll be on the recordings and, uh, and Jeff, um, Jeff also as well. So, and Sylvia and Sylvia's coming up too. So I'm like, I feel like I'm getting all of the heavy hitters now, I'm getting all of the, all of the originators of this. Uh, which I consider you to be one of as well in the early days and one of the early teachers. So I'm curious what you're working on these days and how people, what you recommend for people who want to get started in this practice or continue their practice. Well, what I, you know, what I'm working on is, um, you know, it's, it's really been an interesting, you know, an interesting experience for all of us. I know, you know, connecting to each other online, you know, that it's really, it's, it's changed. It's changed what I've been offering. It's, it's really changed what I've been doing because now, you know, people who, you know, we gather with people all over the country and in Canada and somebody was in Spain, you know, the, the, the gatherings are really different. They're really, really different gatherings. So I'm continuing to create gatherings. I'm continuing to create gatherings around Shabbat, you know, Shabbat services. I'm teaching. I offer a Monday Torah study class, a free Torah study class from 11 to 12 every Monday where we, and we're, we're coming up on our two year anniversary. Parshat Vayikra, the first book and first chapter, first Parsha in the book of Leviticus will be our two-year anniversary where, you know, I'll share a teaching from the Torah that feels pertinent to the moment, you know, a kind of a mindfulness teaching that feels pertinent to the moment, and then we'll sit and then people share some reflections. And we've been doing this now for almost two years and, and there's a, you know, communities are being formed and relationships are being formed. So I, I feel like what I'm doing is continuing to do the work of gathering and um, gathering and supporting and inspiring each other and using Jewish mindfulness kind of as the, as the guide, as the guide I teach, I, you know, lead retreats and And if somebody wanted to work with you, they could go to your website. Is that the best way sure, to reach yeah. you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a lot of teachings. There's a lot on the website. There's a lot of teachings. There's, I've been, I've been doing this Thursday morning meditation at eight o'clock Eastern time. And it's a live and recorded meditation where I'll do a very short teaching on the Torah portion. It's a half an hour. I'll do like seven or eight minute teaching on the Torah portion. And then we, we, we sit together. And so that's live and it's also recorded and I, there's like a SoundCloud. So those are available and 
So there's a lot of ways to work with you. And there's also your books, right? Yeah. Yeah. So people yeah. could also just look you up and find another way to kind of read or learn and connect with you. And I'll make sure to drop a link to your website down in the notes, the show notes. So anybody who wants to continue learning with you or just come check you out or hear a, a recording or whatever can, can do that. Sure. Yeah. And like, you know, like you said, there's just a, um, it, what's beautiful is that there's abundance. There, there's abundance in the Jewish mindfulness world, you know, I mean, I'm offering it and there, and there's so many other people offering it as well. So it's, it's really, it's this, what you're doing here is a beautiful thing because it's helping people find, you know, like, okay, how, you know, what aspect of this will speak to me? You know, what aspect of this will speak to me? What aspect of this will be helpful to me? Yeah. It's, it's a, you know, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's all, what do they say? It's all, uh, it's all different spokes of the same wheel. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Ab absolutely. And, you know, then, you know, the Omer, you know, I, I think I started this all around the Omer because that 49 day period felt like, oh my God, this is such an amazing mindfulness period. So we put out a lot of stuff around the Omer, you know, intentions for every day. And Which is a great time between Passover and the holiday of Shavuot in which there's a spiritual um, invitation to spend each day counting the days and also cultivating a sense of awareness and uh, different aspects and qualities of your character and being able to kind of do that from a bunch of different lenses. So that's, yeah, a, yeah. I appreciate that. And that's a good, you know, in a way it's a lot, but it's a good place to start because there's just, there's so much support around that, you know, and it, there's just, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a long practice that really helps okay. create a foundation. 49 day challenge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. So I'm glad, I, I'm glad we got to talk and to meet and I'm curious what your, you've already shared it in many ways, uh, less formally, but I'm curious what your prayer is for our time together. If we could leave people with a blessing, I think that'd be wonderful. Yeah, for sure. May it be that our awareness opens, our hearts soften, and our feet are firmly planted in the rich, generous soil of Mother Earth. And we're open and aware of our connection to each other and to all beings and all life. And we feel the prayers of the ancestors and the encouragement of the children's 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 children and know that we have the capacity to bring such beauty and mending and healing to the world. So let us support and encourage each other to live with courage and humility and audacity and strength and offer our hands and our hearts for healing and for love. Amen. Amen. Thank you. To stay updated on new episodes, subscribe on iTunes or follow on Facebook.com slash Rabbi Shulk. That's Rabbi Shulk, R-A-B-B-I-S-H-O-L-K. Hey, so if you're really serious about this, come on down to RavAriel.com 
That's www.raviariel.com. Take our free trial, do the self-learn path, or try group coaching, or even come apply to work with me one-on-one. And you'll give yourself the accountability and the support and the step-by-step path that you need to feel calmer, more mindful, and happier with your life. So come on down, www.raviariel.com. See you there.